0: It is the time of the brown-leaved vertigo. Starting to feel a little bit of fall weather out there, so I'm fucking stoked on that.
1: I finally can listen to typo guilt-free. Right, it's typo
0: season. It's misfit season. It's all kinds of good shit. I mean, and like, there's plenty of good death metal coming out too. So we got absolutely no no shortage of good shit to listen to. But uh, air is getting colder. The runs are getting longer. Feeling That's good, fine. man. How about That's you?
1: Fine, too. Same, man. It's vibing out. This is my busy season. You know, this is like my Christmas. Death comes. Yes. Halloween's like Death Comes Lifting's Christmas. So we got like lots of shit going on. As I'm sure you've mm-hmm. seen, we got more coming. Yeah, and, indeed. Um, Very yeah. exciting. Yeah, trying to get, trying to bulk up a little bit, trying to bulk tober. You know, getting back to the yeah. weight. Get, uh, trying to get stacked a little bit. That's our next program coming out. Muscle. Yeah. Is it is it is it called Bulktober? It is that's a subtitle. I'm not going to reveal the actual title yet. Oh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha,
0: you. But I it gotcha. is
1: very eerily similar to uh, something you just posted for the Death Drive set list. One of your edits. Uh uh-huh. it's a future horror movie. I of see. Of I yeah.
0: see. I'm feeling what you're. I'm feeling what you're putting out.
1: We're going. Uh, we're going with that route. That'll be pretty tight, man. We'll let them figure it out. Oh, yeah. They've, uh, they're going
0: to have to do a little bit of detective work. Are you drinking a Waterloo? Hell, yeah. Is, are they not the best? Black cherry Waterloo, son. Waterloo, people out there in podcast land, if you are down with the flavored water, Waterloo is the superior uh, fizzy flavored essenced water.
1: It is great. And it, I feel I have one a day, like at the end of the night when I come home. And this is like a beer. This totally replaces my need. For, nice. for a year or anything you know because it's like satisfying keeps you full a little bit it's or,
0: very very tasty very refreshing
1: i know speaking of tasty and refreshing yes sir what have you been listening to my man death metal in a long time
0: it has been it has been a uh, a major napalm death week dude I mean, yes that new that new record is fucking ridiculous it, they just continue to do good stuff and like I posted about
1: it like five times like I couldn't. yeah
0: no, it. i saw it. it's it's it is uh it's everything that you could possibly want from a napalm death record in 2020
1: it's one of the best ones they've ever done like maybe in the top three i mean i might be right there with you i i love
0: the band and i I've, I've been listening to them for a really long time so i'm I'm gonna hold off judgment on where i, I rank it for a little while but god damn is it good especially like they've They've been on a renaissance for me since uh, Code Is Red, Long Live The Code. It's just every single record comes out doing something different, sounding super energized, pulling from their old stuff, but also adding new things. And I think that this is one of the
1: best records from that batch. So, yeah, it's definitely up there. What do you think of their, like, weird 90s era?
0: Man, I think there's something to like with all of it. I think Diatribes is definitely unnecessarily shit on. Um, there's some, there's some good songs on there. There's some heavy songs on there. There's actually a B-side from the, from the diatribe sessions called Antibody, um, that was on the, um, greed killing single that is super heavy, man. They, when people say that those records aren't heavy, like that's just, it sounds so jaded to me because if that's not heavy to you, you know, it's not heavy in the same way as some of their other shit, but it's not like it's a fucking radio rock record, you know?
1: Definitely heavy. It's just different.
0: I, yeah, I enjoy I, them.
1: I enjoy every. I really think I, did, I like every single Napalm Death record, I can honestly say.
0: I can find some, are You ready for my hot take? You ready for my fucking nuclear yeah, shit? Bring it. I prefer the 90s Napalm Death stuff that's sort of maligned to the first couple of Napalm Death records. All
1: right. I see. I, I can understand
0: that. They're more. They're closer to metal as I understand it. Like scum, I, I don't like
1: <laughs> like i can appreciate it you know Not particularly and enjoyable listen
0: yeah especially as like uh as like a document right like right. a really interesting snapshot of what pushing boundaries at the time looked like i can appreciate right. that there's some stuff on Fito that i like um but on the whole like i am a big utopia banished and onward or harmony corruption and onward napalm death fan
1: heard um, absolutely
0: that's just me but you know that's how it is I love Barney.
1: Big Barney fan, you
0: know. Barney fucking rules, man. A, a, a few years ago, um, I was writing for another website, and I got to interview him when they were doing the uh, the promo stuff for Apex Predator Easy Meat. Super oh, cool, fucking dude. chill guy. Incredibly smart. Incredibly well spoken. Just very, very up with the world, and okay. you can tell that like he's he puts a lot of thought into the stuff that he says, and I, I think that he knows that he's part of a pretty polarizing organization you know napalm death didn't pull any punches about their politics which is another thing that's fucking crazy to me every time napalm death does something that puts them in the news whether it's a new record or whatever you'll always see somebody on like blabbermouth or metal sucks or somebody in the comments being like well i used to like them but now that they got political no man be like, <laughs> yeah. what's your fucking deal have you ever are you familiar with this band at all obviously not no He's one of but the the di- you know Barney is a super cool guy, um, and that was yeah. – I've, I've done a handful of interviews that have definitely
1: given me the, uh, the, the starstruck – Feels and that is definitely one of the best of them. Let's try to get him on here, man. He's health conscious. He's a vegan. He bikes a lot. You know, he um, runs. We, well, let's I'm do down it. Down if you're down, man. They're I, doing I, promo I, right now. Let's, hey, man, I'll, I'll, I'll cold send him a message. What's up, Barney?
0: Let's get go. In touch, get in touch with Century Media. Get in touch with their management and be like, hey, yo, put Barney on the phone. We got to talk to you guys about this shit.
1: But for now, we're gonna have to settle with Jonathan Lozo of uh, Casket Slime. Oh shit! About that. Also acid cross yes and was it per, i'm gonna purveyors, purveyors of of sonic, sonic doom. doom which i got a chance to listen to today and they What's are big they very much are what you think they are they they slap pretty hard they're very doomy and acid cross is very thrashy and yeah. casket slime if you haven't heard about me promoting them for the last ever are very awesome brutal fortition death metal and we're going yes. to talk behind it let's get him
0: and the casket slime uh, t-shirt design that you guys did was fucking Whoa, awesome,
1: too. The man. slime lift. Didn't I, did not I send you one of those? Yeah, yeah, I, I got one. I did. Okay, I was going to say. Steady repping it. sometimes. Let's get Steady here. repping it on the trail. Fuck yeah, man. I'm glad you're here. That's one of my favorite designs we've ever done. Yeah, it's very cool. I like it a lot. Super old school death metal. Super slimy. And let's see. Jonathan. Hey, what's up? Are you there? What up, man? How's it going? Good. How are you, brother? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, the drill, man. I, I'm Zach. It's a pleasure to finally talk to you. I know you're in the Lifting Dead Army, more importantly than the credentials we discredited you with for your crazy bands. You are a Lifting Dead Army warlord. So that is huge. And uh, well, it's an honor to fucking talk to you, man. And, uh, Schuler, say hey man. Introduce Yeah me.
0: man. John, it's good to talk to you, man. I'm Shuler. I'm uh the other half of this little shit show that we call
1: Lifts and Rifts <laughs> Podcast.
2: It's awesome. just a to a great dude.
1: Glad glad you could do this. So what's what's going on in your world, man? Fill us in on what you've been doing, you know, yes. during the pandemic, the whole thing, new music, anything you want to just promote right out of the gate. What's up?
2: Uh as far as pandemic goes, uh, I was, I'm was i deemed like an essential employee, so I've been working the whole time. Uh, I get to work from home, though, so that's kind of cool. Although, it. it gets boring very quickly. <laughs>
0: yeah, I can see that.
2: Um, yeah, other than that, uh, music stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm in, like, three bands that are, like, official bands, and then I got, like, a dozen other projects that no one knows about that I'm constantly working on. So yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff musically coming out. Um, for casket slime, we've got like three releases we're working on right now that should be out by the end of the year.
1: Love it. Uh, you, know, you know, we'll be stalking those bad boys. <laughs> for sure. Uh, we sold out of your tapes, man. Those did, those did fucking awesome, man. I love, I listen to it all the time.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Uh, we actually, we just repressed, two of the tapes and they're already like pretty much gone. Like there's like less than 10 copies of both of them left.
0: That's great, man. It is, it's great to hear. It is good to see. It is good to see Gorehound horror fan drum machine, death metal fucking taking off and selling out of tapes and shit, man. That's incredible.
1: That's what I need.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny though. Cause uh, we get, we get a lot of like DMS from people that don't, like, I don't know what their problem is, but, like, there's people who get really mad when you use drum machines.
0: Oh, God. That's like, the – there's something about, like, metal fandom with some particular aversion to technology where they're like, fuck drum machines. I want to be like, why? But why, though,
2: you know? It, yeah, like, why? They're – like, I mean, they're at a point now that, uh, like, the in some of the programs, like, it's legit, like – I, there's bands I've listened to and I had no idea they was programmed drums.
0: Yeah, I mean there are especially like bands like really well produced slam bands and deathcore bands and shit like that. Like those are all programmed drums. But I don't. I I have never really had an aversion to it. But for some reason I've I've continuously heard people talk shit about it over the years. The place that it primarily comes back to the most is not even in death metal. It's fucking Fear Factory, which. Just waiting
1: for you to bring up Fear Factory.
0: Dude, you know I love Fear Factory, man. I'll talk about Fear Factory all fucking day. I love Fear Factory. But, like, they have had just continuous drama with whether or not there's an actual person playing drums or not. And I want to be like, it's, it's man and machine. What's your fucking deal? It's the point but, of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it might as well be. But, like, agoraphobic nosebleed, mortician, like, the, the, the drum machine tradition in heavy spastic music is rich. And uh, I feel like there's nothing wrong with contributing to that, and it blows my mind when people have a problem with it.
2: Yeah, and I mean, there like there's certain bands like you just mentioned, Agoraphobic Nosebleed. Like I think what they do with their drum machines is kind of like a, it's almost like an artistic uh, like expression because yeah, they do inhuman stuff with the drums, but they still make the guitars fit into it, and it's like melodic and it's catchy, and. That's kind of what we were going for. It was like, yeah, let's throw in an 808 drum kit here just to see what happens when you put that over like a Mortician riff. And I think that
0: and I think that shit's cool, man. I like uh, you guys you guys are, are spreading your wings with some percussion experimentation with death metal and then Fluids also is doing a lot of really weird shit with their with their drum programming, throwing in all kinds of weird little cymbal work and stuff like that. I think that shit's really cool, man. I like I like when people introduce things that are unexpected into this genre because even though I love death metal, even though I've been listening to it for a really long time, there are things from time to time that, that leave me wanting that make me want to get thrown a curveball. So I appreciate it.
2: Cool. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, we, uh, we actually didn't have our, we, it wasn't an intention of ours to record it with program drums because, uh, like Nick is a proficient drummer. Like he is comes from a grindcore background. Like that guy can blast.
0: Oh yeah. We talked to him. He's a cool guy. And, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. the only reason we ended up using program drums was because we didn't have, like we record everything ourselves and, We didn't have uh, a good enough mic kit for the drum kit that we have at our rehearsal space. And basically the whole idea behind uh, Day Sleep We Creep was that we were going to, on like the first of the month, sit down, we were going to write, rehearse, and record an entire 40-minute long album in a month. So. I like that's it. what we did, and we didn't. Uh-huh. We had no way of recording the drums at the level we wanted it, so we just ended up using program drums. I mean,
1: I, I mean, I, I think, think it's, it's sounds, fine. That's what I love about that record, though. It gives it such a unique, crazy fucking sound. I thought it's got
0: like a, uh, got like a grindhouse vibe to it, you know? Like dude, it's. Sick. I like it.
1: Yeah, dude. We, we wouldn't stock just any random cassette tape. You know, we had to find the, the craziest, sickest one. <laughs> Very true. So tell us a little, where we're,
0: your work that we are most familiar with is, is Casket Slime. And we've both done some looking around and both got curious about some of the other bands that you're into why don't you talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about sort of how you differentiate the writing process for those different acts? This is a question that I usually end up asking everybody who I know is in different bands and who I know has like sort of a, you, you seem to be a person who's always got something going musically. So where does one project end and the other begin?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, so the other main band that I do is Asset Cross, which is uh, it's it 's mainly a thrash band, but I mean we have elements of like crust and black metal uh thrown in there like hardcore punk um, a lot of that stuff uh, it doesn 't really there is no uh divide between that and casket slime actually because those first four so the rewinder die demo those four songs that are on there were writ- they were written originally for acid cross and I just wasn't, I wasn't doing anything with them. So we just kind of, I, I just changed the tuning on them and changed like the speed of them. And that's what we ended up using for that first demo. Um, in terms of like, uh, like lyrical content and stuff like that Asacross is more of like fantasy. It's more like D and D inspired. And like, there is horror stuff in there, but it's not like cult horror. It's not like the whole thing is based on like horror movies or anything. Um, right. Also, Acid isn't just me. Uh, there's uh, the vocalist, his name's Eric Simino He uh, he does a lot of the writing for that band. So cool. it's kind of like a blend of like, because he, he's been around for like, he's been in the scene. He Like he's been in band since like the early 80s. So he's quite a bit older than I am. So he brings like that actual true, like lived it experience, like, was in a band in 86 kind of vibe to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Wow.
2: Um, and yeah, I mean, and then the other band I do with, is, it's also a band with Nick, is uh, Purveyors of Sonic Doom, which is kind of just, we just really like to make a lot of loud noise and like play as heavy as possible. And I, I guess you would call it a Doom sludge band. But again, there's elements of like thrash and death metal in that one too. And that one's a clear divide like Nick and I actually sit down and write that stuff together and like try to like, we, it's one of those bands where, you know, my pedal boards got like 18 pedals on it and we just try and make a bunch of weird shit and make it as heavy as we can, as weird as we can. Pedal
1: board action. I love it. Yeah. It's uh, it's very cool. I'm not a traditional, like it's weird. I know we've talked about this on the podcast uh, before, but I'm not a huge doom kind of guy you know i love sabbath is probably my favorite band but then as far as doom goes i can kind of take it or leave it but you do some interesting shit man i was uh i was really surprised by how much i I dug that band so i like your guys approach to it do you think that that's a result of you two working together and that that energy uh yeah but-
2: i think also too like uh doom in the context of that band for us is very loosely applied it's just because we have a couple songs that are like below 100 beats per minute okay. so we kind of get tagged with that doom but it, i would say we're a lot more sludge like we're mainly inspired by like that early 90s mid 90s new yeah. orleans like sludge like crowbar and stuff like that like acid oh, yes
1: that's but, my that's shit. shit yeah that's that's cool, man. Where does uh, go ahead? I was just say where does the writing for Casket Slime fall into? You know, the, is it collaborative, like like purveyors of Sonic Doom, or is it is it mainly you? Do you watch a horror movie get inspired? Right? Uh,
2: it's it's collaborative, but it's a weird collaboration. So okay. we don't write together. So the odd thing about Casket Slime is that none of those songs have ever been played in the same room we have nick and i have never sat in a room together and played any casket slime tracks no riffs or no nothing Have you ever
0: sat in a room together at all have you never met
2: oh no yeah we we totally like we have a jam space like oh, and everything okay. yeah yeah no uh but in terms of casket slime it's uh really um we write our own songs so i don't like it's hard to describe how nick's songs are on the albums but like uh they sleep we creep is pretty much a a perfect like down the middle split i wrote 12 songs he wrote 12 songs and he writes his own uh lyrics for his songs and he does vocals for his songs it's like two one-man bands that just put tracks together under one name
1: that's crazy man i had no idea yeah i mean like i think that's a pretty tight premise
2: yeah, it's probably a, a unique one, I think.
1: <laughs> I can't like, think of any other bands like that, really.
2: Like, we don't talk about the songs. It's literally like, uh, like for example, he's recording drums right now for one of our new releases. Uh, and basically, he's recording my five tracks for that release. And like I, li- I just record them to a click track. Like, I record the rhythm guitar to a click track and send it to him. And then he goes and records the drums, and then he sends it back to me and then i record bass and then i record vocals and then mix and master and on his songs i don't touch anything because he does drums bass guitar vocals lyrics all on his tracks because i don't play drums so
1: (laughs) so is was this like an intentional direction from the jump or is this just kind of what happened and you kind of keep going with it because it's working
2: uh i don't know if it was intentional um I think it was, when we started the band, it was kind of like we, we were sitting around watching Phantasm at the jam space after we jammed oh, yeah. for <laughs> purveyors. And uh, I would just been I had mentioned, you know, I got like these like acid cross tracks and I'm not doing anything with it'd be cool to like do like, you know, like a like an impetigo or like a necrophagia type, like death metal, almost punk style band, you know, if you want to do it. And he was just like, yeah, send me the tracks. So I sent him the tracks and then like a week later he sent me them back with drums. And I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And then I was like, what do you want to call this thing? And then he was like, we shot around some names and then he was like, casket slime. And then I was like, cool, I'm going to hit up uh, someone for a logo. And then that was it. We we, like the, the band was kind of an accident. Like it wasn't meant to be an actual serious band.
0: (laughs) Well, it turned out that way though. So so, you guys are, uh, now we talked with, we had an extensive conversation with Nick about Phantasm. We
2: did? Yeah.
0: <laughs> are, are you as big a Phantasm
1: fan as he is?
2: Uh, I would say, I, I'm pretty sure I'm the one who showed him Phantasm, so I think so.
1: Oh, shit. Well, the tables have turned. How the turntables
2: turn. So, to,
1: like, how did you,
0: I, I like talking to people about fucking weird uh horror movies that that are sort of on the outside of of what people tend to appreciate especially the mainstream there's it seems like everybody's got an interesting how i came across phantasm story what is yours
2: uh i don't know if it's that interesting uh i found um i don't know if you're familiar with there's a publication uh called cinema sewer i'm not what is that it's uh this guy from uh vancouver that does like he just, like, he, he makes comics, but, well, in, inside the comic books, it's all, like, articles on, like, cult horror movies and, like, action movies and, like, old, like, porn and stuff. It's just, like, sleazy, like, adult, like, you know, it, like, it looks like it's straight out of, like, the late 70s, early 80s. So I was reading one of his uh, books, uh, Cinema Sewer, and uh, I just happened to come across, like, his review of, like, Phantasm and, like, talking about the tall man and like he had like drawn like pictures of like you know like the little the the spheres with like the spikes and stuff and i was like i got to find this this looks fucking amazing and then uh, i you know like i i i think i went and like pirated it like <laughs> i tore into a, a, a copy of it and then watched it and was like yeah this is like sick like you know reggie banister is like the like worst best hero there ever is in like a yes. franchise
1: it's the greatest we are we are all Reggie Banister, and I love how he's just himself. Like that's just the best part of it. Like he's just totally that guy. I don't. Th- I feel like he's not acting at all. He's just Reggie Banister. That's what we love. We need yeah. more. We need more Reggie Banisters in the world. Apparently,
2: he's a musician too. He's got like a band. He, he's like a bluegrass musician or something.
1: Makes total sense.
0: Or another, I came across his Wikipedia page not too long ago, and he was like. He had some interesting roles that I wasn't aware that he was uh, involved in.
1: Was there some sort it? of documentary that he was either be, like making? About, I could be totally making this up. It might just be a thing of my imagination, like a like a "My Name Is Bruce" thing, like Bruce Campbell did. I thought there was like a documentary kind of thing being made about Reggie Bannister, but maybe that's maybe? maybe that I should hope be so. like, dreaming. <laughs> Yeah, so. that would be pretty tight. I'd watch that. I think if it's if it doesn't exist, I think I thought of it for a reason, and we should try to make that happen. Yeah,
0: okay. He was in a movie in 2012 called Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. uh that's what we that's mean. that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. So he's yeah. like that's that's legit horror pedigree across the board. Yeah, I but didn't even he looked, know he was in
2: other movies. I, yeah, I know. That,
0: that's part of what surprised me, right? Because I was, I don't know how I ended up on his Wikipedia page, but I did. I was probably looking at, I like to go and look at the Wikipedia entry for Phantasm where they explain the plot because it's its actually more batshit than the movie is. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, I like to check the updates on there. I'm a weird guy, but I ended up on Reggie <laughs> Bannister's Wikipedia page and... um I was like look at all these fucking movies this guy's been in and it, it, if you go and you look there's like a bunch of and you know that they're good or you know that at least they're probably like sketchy like phantasm is because none of them hardly any of them have wikipedia entries so <laughs> you only you got like five movies that anybody knows about and the rest are just like these weird obscure things that you probably come across you know who knows where
1: yeah,
2: they're what? probably all directed by don uh, corscarelli too <laughs> Definitely.
1: What I was going to ask, I'm sorry, what is your favorite sequel? Phantasm sequel. Oh. Uh, and why? It's a huge, huge important question.
2: That's a hard one. I, I Either two or three, I think. We put motherfuckers
1: on the spot on this show. Yeah, we, we, I just went right for the jugular, yeah, for sure.
2: I think probably I, three had uh, the more like... Uh, I think they probably got like a little bit more of a budget on three. Cause yeah. I, I remember, I think three's the one where he, uh, is that the one where they shove the tubes into the tall man and they pump the yellow liquid through him? I'll
1: really check and see, man. I haven't seen that movie in 20 years.
2: <laughs> you
1: know, I thought that, no, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. I think that's three or it might that be, no, I, that, 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 I
2: think that's two. No, I think that one is two. That one had like a bigger budget for like the effects for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'll go it. with
2: number two. That Fuckin'.
1: seems to be the consensus that it's the best sequel, but there's something about, like, four to me that's just so unsettling and, like, bad, but, like, great. Yeah, That's what I, I, I like
2: four a lot. I think four is the one I've probably watched the least. Uh, not intentionally or anything, it's just...
0: Yeah. Uh, it's the the budget fell out for uh, for the later ones. The budget for Ravager was pretty shoestring as well.
1: Ravager yeah. was great though. I'm, I'm glad they did that. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It yeah, the the
2: story was good. The way they like tied it all up, like.
1: What horror movies? Um, you know, I know. Obviously, we like weird shit. with, we like phantasm and like cult things. And you, uh, you, how do you go about um, choosing samples for uh, your your music, or uh, you know, what movies to base your songs off of? Is it just kind of whatever whatever you're digging at the moment, or do you have a uh, do you set out to find like the most fucked up shit?
2: Uh usually well, it it usually it's uh, it's, it's listening to Mortician and making sure that they haven't already written a song about it. Okay,
1: right? good. Uh,
2: and okay, if they okay. have written a song about it, looking at it and saying, was it about a particular scene, or can we do something a lot like if if Mortician wrote a song about, you know, an entire movie, can we write about the sequel or can we write about a particular scene? Um, I like this criteria this yeah, is, uh, definitely. and then it's usually I don't know how Nick does his I'm assuming it's whatever he because he, Nick collects VHS tapes so I'm sure he's got like a bunch of like old ones that like you know it's probably whatever he's watching at the time he just thinks it's gonna be a cool well I mean I know that's what he does because I'll get text messages from him all the time like today he sent me a message and he was like I just watched Con Air He was like, we should write a song about Con Air, like Cyrus the Virus. Definitely. Um, For me, it's more along the lines of, like, I try to do, like, um, the ones that, like, people aren't going to suspect, like, you know, uh, like the Hatchet series, for example. Like, that for some reason, that series gets shit on a lot, but that's a really good, like, modern-day slasher. It's
1: probably the best modern-day slasher. So real ass effects in there too man it's it's over the top yeah i, I mean who, who really shits on it has to be just non-horror fans that shit on hatchet because like every criticism that you can make for hatchet you can make 10 times over for every fucking friday the 13th sequel or anything else yeah it's true <laughs> you know so they're just fuck them i love how you have some victor crowley shit in there and Evil Dead, obviously. Ash Williams' Must Die is one of my favorite tunes on uh, They Sleep, We Creep.
2: Yeah, we also I try to look at a lot of, like, the old, like, creature features. Yeah. Uh, I, a lot of the newer stuff we're working on, a lot of my lyrics are based on, like, a lot of, like, creature-oriented, like, horror.
1: Ooh, do tell. Do tell us more. Or can yeah, you tell what us you more? Mean.
2: So, like, we have, like... Um, uh, now I forget what the name of the movie is. Uh, Octoman? Is it Octoman? Awful. I don't know. If you get, it's the one from the '70s with the. It's from. It was filmed in Mexico. It's like the big, like octopus creature.
0: <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. I'm gonna have oh, to check it out. Man.
2: Yeah. I'm pretty cool. sure it's called Octoman. Um, like I, we have like lyrics coming up for like it, it's a. It's about him and like you know being from the sea and like, being a giant octopus and uh i don't know like so a lot of my lyrics come from like nick just making comments about stuff and like he's not like he'll make a comment about something that we should do a song about and then he won't think that i heard him or he or i'll say no that's stupid and then i'll actually think it's genius and then i'll go home and write it and then like i won't tell him and then he'll hear the song like as i'm recording the lyrics and he'll be like you know that's you actually wrote the song about that like we have one he was like you know uh he made a comment about how he thinks that like giant gators in horror are like an underrated like creature and like there need to be more movies about giant gators instead of like giant spiders. So I wrote lyrics for a song about a giant spider versus like versus a giant gator.
1: (laughs) This is on the next casket slime release just to clarify, right?
2: Yeah. One of them.
1: Come on, man. Let's go. I'm a, i am I want 15 of those tapes. So just, just set that up.
2: Uh, we're not releasing the next one, so.
1: So what's going to happen? You're just going to like make us wait to hear, giant shark or fucking giant alligator versus giant um, spider. Spider.
2: Uh no um, so uh noxious ruin. Uh the Z Oh I understand. Also, okay
1: you're you're releasing it on a okay yeah. Yeah he has uh,
2: he does like a a side label called Hand Rot. I don't know if you guys That's, seen those tapes he does where like yes, he just put I out have. Like, yeah, I like an bought a couple one. of
0: them. That is some high end, like gourmet shit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really cool the way he does them. I actually I messaged him and I was like asking him like I was like, can I uh, have that template? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, I was like I wanted to do like a casket slime tape like that. And then he was like, well, why don't we just release a casket? I'll just release a casket slime tape. And I was like, all right, well.
1: i still want 15 of them just for me then so let me know
2: so yeah we have that coming out that'll that should be out by the end of the year that's a it's an ep
0: that's so Uh, exciting man
2: we also have it's
0: really have you are you now are y'all going to be featured in noxious ruin like in the magazine to go with it
2: maybe uh yeah we're actually in issue two we're on the compilation Cool, man. very
0: cool. I have not seen the second one yet or heard that second tape yet, but I've
2: got the first one. I'm looking forward to getting that second one. Yeah, I think he just put the pre-order up for the second one like last week. I think it's, yeah, it's something recent. So, yeah, we also wrote, uh, he has like an article in that zine, like it's like Metal Gear. And uh, Nick and I wrote an article for issue two about like uh, horror t-shirts that all metal fans should have.
1: Oh, nice, man. (laughs) get can we
0: get a little taste can you tell us one of them
2: uh yeah i think it's rotten cotton they have the fulci lives fulci fulci Fulci? whatever his name is the italian gore master
1: (laughs) rotten cotton's a hugely underrated underrated clothing company
2: i
0: am not familiar with rotten cotton is it just like why they're underrated
1: yeah a lot of people is is it just like
0: horror
2: shirts yeah, yes. it's, just, it's like cult horror shirts, like really, like you know,
1: it's like trashy exploitation shit too. It's like it's snatch big, me some wrong. of those up sometimes. And is it US? Yeah.
2: yeah, they're really, uh, like they're really affordable. Like I, they do like deals, like five shirts for like forty-five dollars and get the sixth one free. Nice. Like they're like even to just to buy the shirt, like a single shirt, only like twelve, fourteen dollars.
1: I'll fuck with that for sure. Yeah, it's not like fright rags. No disrespect to Fright Rags, but...
2: <laughs> Fright Rags, yeah. I ordered uh, I ordered something from them recently, and it took, like, five months to get here. And, like, with the exchange and everything, like, I paid, like, $55 for, like, a t-shirt.
1: Holy
0: fuck, man. <laughs> crazy. What shirt was it?
2: Uh, I think it's... Uh, I can't remember if... Uh, hey, I, ordered from, I ordered from Cavity Colors and Fright Rags on the same day, and I'm just kind to remember which one it was that came from them i think from them it was a leprechaun one i don't know if you guys were familiar with the movie leprechaun oh yeah i'm familiar
0: with leprechaun you got all there there are enough leprechaun movies mortician hadn't fucked with leprechaun and there are enough leprechaun movies that i think you could probably get like a whole casket slime ep out of each movie right how many are there
2: there's like eight of them there's got to be like eight of them yeah i mean they kind of like follow the same uh trajectory as like you know whenever uh, they got bored with jason they started sending him to space and send him to hell that's kind of what they do with leprechaun because i'm pretty sure there's a leprechaun in space yeah it's a leprechaun, leprechaun
0: in space four. there's a leprechaun in the hood that's the and best you... one in my opinion <laughs> there's a there's a leprechaun in, there's a sequel to leprechaun
1: in the hood too if i'm not mistaken
2: yeah i'm pretty sure there is
1: back to the hood with two and, you know that's not, fucking that ice tea is in it if i'm not mistaken or is he in the oh, first oh is he one? yeah he's in one of them, yeah, it's great, and uh yeah they, they got bored quick with leprechaun because they sent him to space in number four. I think that's probably the earliest sequel that you get sent to space in they at least they waited till ten to send Jason into space <laughs> but I love scene? Jason X. will defend Jason X till so the day I die Jason
0: X is tight, man there's that leprechaun in space is not all bad like there's the uh i I forget the guys. The character's name but like the bald guy who's like part robot or whatever and he's like yeah. talking shit to leprechaun and he's trying to distract him so this other guy can stab him but leprechaun's like nah i'm not playing that shit and he like throws a plate at the other guy's head and it like smashes it and it turns flat and when the plate falls away like you see his flattened face and
1: it's, it's cool, so too. cheesy and so ridiculous but like that's part of what's awesome about it style man yeah. absolutely there could be a, a spacey death metal EP loosely based on Leprechaun 4. Not even loosely based, just based on Leprechaun 4.
0: All the way straight through,
1: man.
2: So. Actually, Definitely new, Drum uh, Machine.
1: Write that down.
2: The uh, the new VHS uh, album that's coming out like next month is all set in space. So oh, really? They might have a couple of uh, space horror movies up there. I. I wouldn't put it I, – I know Mike, and I wouldn't put it past him to uh, – he probably might have done Leprechaun in Space.
1: <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Those dudes are great. I, uh, I've been meaning to contact them to try to get them on the show, but they're, I, I love their stuff, and they're, we're, we're cool on the, on the Instagram world. So that's, uh, I, didn't that, awesome. I didn't
0: know they had a new one coming out. I've got – I think Screaming Mad Gore is the only one of theirs that I've got, but it's fucking awesome, so, I mean, I need to check out more.
2: Yeah, that's their first album. So they have uh, uh, The New Batch is their second album and then we're gonna need some bigger riffs is their third album and then this new one that's coming out is their fourth album.
1: Nice. So I got a lot to catch up on. Yeah. We're gonna need some bigger riffs as class. They have a it's yeah, all they,
2: they get a lot of like really cool like uh like OG like uh guests on their albums. Like they got Matt Harvey on there from Exhumed. Uh they got Mark and Stevo from Impetigo on one of their uh albums.
1: That's so sick.
2: I I had no idea. I'm pretty sure they have Trevor too from Black Dahlia Murder. How do do these guys wear,
1: man? What's that? Sorry. How do they pull that off? How do they get these special guests? They just ask.
2: Well, Mike's been in the scene a really long time. Like he's been around probably since like the mid '90s. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I know he he does a lot. Like he used he's one of those guys that definitely used to write letters back in the day to bands like that, you know, whenever you couldn't just uh, harass them over DMS (laughs) old school. Yeah.
1: Well, that's all exciting, man. What else is going on in the world of casket slime or or is that it?
2: Uh, No, we got, uh, we have two splits coming out. Uh, I can't tell you the other two bands. Okay. They're they're good. Uh, (laughs) They're good um and one of them is coming out uh has a label that's going to put it out so uh i believe you guys had him on the podcast a couple podcasts ago uh oh, barbaric yeah. brutality
1: oh yeah yes that's, that's great
0: we're here be, man we're, we're familiar with that motherfucker
2: yeah so Michael. he's gonna he's putting out Michael. one of the splits and then the other split we uh we're in talks with it right now we don't know that's who's great. gonna put it out but
1: well hey man, yeah. let me know if there's anything I can do. We'll be I'd be more than happy to uh help in any way I can. Side note, Michael of uh Barbaric Brutality joined the Lifting Dead Army today. So let's let's give him a shout out for that. So yeah, Mike, we're all blood brothers. We'll be we'll be repping death metal and heavy iron on the uh on the yeah.
2: internet together. That's he better do. be. He's probably lift, lifting to slam right now.
1: He literally he's, is, man. Uh, we had a
2: conversation. I listened to that last podcast that you did with him, and I, I messaged him, and I was like, uh, like I'm not a big slam fan, but like when it comes to lifting, it's pretty much brutal death metal and slam is in my playlist. Like, And uh, I messaged him and said, it's scientifically proven that listening to dying fet- fetus while lifting will bring up your one rep max by at least 5%.
1: No doubt. I you, believe that. Um, yeah, you contributed to schematics to the Living Dead Army playlist by Dying Fetus, and I totally appreciated that.
0: From a slept-on record, too, man. For some reason, people skip over that one. Yeah, I wonder yeah, I, why.
2: I don't know why. That's To me, that's one of their better ones, in my opinion. It That was the first one I ever heard, so it might be why I like it so much, but...
0: Stop it. it it was stop at nothing was definitely it was different from destroy the opposition and I think that more people were expecting sort of I, I know that they knew that Jason left and there was some some uh, changes up style wise because that's the only one that had that i can't remember the guy's last name but Vince something on vocals on uh stop at nothing and the thing is like it, when you go back and you listen to it if you told me that that was like John or Trey mean Trey wasn't even in the band at that time, I don't think. But if you told me that that was those guys on vocals, I'd be like, all right. Yeah, I believe you. Like it's not so radically different that I would think it would turn people off, but
2: just yeah, the I songs
0: mean, are really good, man. Fucking schematics rules, one shot, one kill rules. Uh, it's a killer record.
2: Yeah. I don't I, like bands like that. I don't find that like, there's not a varying amount of vocalists like to be perfectly honest, we see you could put on like, you could give me a playlist of like 25 different Brutal Death Metal bands, and I would probably think it's the same band. And that's not a dig at Brutal Death Metal, it's just that it's it, the type of vocals, like there's not a lot you can do with it other than sounding like a chainsaw or a toilet being flushed.
1: Or the combination of the two. <laughs> like, uh, chainsaw flushes. toilets are fucking
2: awesome. Man, I Every was listening, na- I was listening to the Cock and Ball Torture the other day. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They are like the, I think, I'm pretty sure they're the originators of the toilet, the flushing toilet vocals.
0: (laughs) That's good. uh, You can always find some, uh, some cock and ball torture shit cheap on like Severed Records Distro or uh, Comatose Mm -hmm. Records Distro. Sure. But like, with some of the...
2: I remember, uh, they were like one of the first, like, really like, brutal death metal bands that i got into and i remember just being in like hmv or like uh music world or some like uh you know music chain here in canada and like seeing their album and like Mm -hmm. they had put the price sticker they had blown it up so big so you couldn't see what it was but they had printed cock and ball torture like on the sticker (laughs) nice and i remember just being like i have to like you have to buy it like it doesn't matter what it sounds like if 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 there's a band called cock and ball torture and it's in the death metal section, you buy it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Trust these guys get better and stronger in the gym because of it or grosser. <laughs> it usually goes hand in hand. So how was your, how was your lifting going, John?
2: Uh, it's good. Uh, muscles, yeah. Yeah. The program's going good. Uh,
1: you digging it? yeah with, it's different I can do to yeah yeah we switched it up for sure
2: well i just i'm not used to uh like i've been doing strength training for like two years so like yeah. switching to like bodybuilding style like you know four by 12 like that's a, a marathon you know that's that's no uh three by three or three by five and then you're done for the day
1: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely man switching up that stimulus man is it yeah. uh the kick in your ass
2: yeah, well, I'm into the second or I think this is the third week of it. And uh, yeah, that first week, it was like every day, everything was sore.
1: Yeah, you got to give your body time to adjust to it. And I'm sure it is now, especially with uh play enough dying fetus. You'll, it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. You'll get through it. Are you Yeah feeling no, good? It's, it's going good. Okay, yeah. yeah. If you need to change anything, let me know.
0: Zach, you probably know the, the terminology for this. I know there's a name for it. What is it called when, like, you lift and you get sore, not the next day, but the day after that?
1: Doms. Delayed onset muscle soreness, Doms. That shit. Do you, do you yeah. get that, John?
2: Uh, normally, not so much. Like, with this program in the first week, for sure. Like, you know, I, I do it, like, uh, that first leg day. Oh, yeah. Um, On, like, Wednesday, Thursday, like, I went to get out of bed in the morning, and, like, my legs were, like, it felt like I got hit by a car.
1: (laughs) That's the good shit right there.
2: Yeah. And then, like, you know. uh,
1: get out of bed easy, bro.
2: Like, I think I do chest and arms on Tuesday, and, like, the Thursday night, I was, like, I couldn't even, like, it hurt to lift a cup to my mouth. Like my He's bicep was just brother. so sore because I'm just not used to doing reps in that high of like, especially, I never done supersets either until this program that he has the me on so. with your ass, man.
1: Yeah. It's good conditioning, man. So I call that shit, cardio in disguise. You know, it's like you get a heart, your heart rate goes up, you sweat, you burn some fat, and it's like way more fun and easier on your joints than like going for a, you know, 10 mile run or something. You gotta get yeah, the, for sure. He head cardio. That's caveman cardio. Slam <laughs> metal, caveman cardio. Yeah,
2: I actually okay. started. I some of them on the leg day, uh, like instead of doing uh lunges with the dumbbells, I started doing them with uh, really heavy resistance bands.
1: Oh, great, man! Yeah. Just
2: because I find that it, it just wears you. Like, it I don't know, resistance bands are weird. They're like, Dude, tell me about it. They, it's like they. You don't feel fatigued after you like. Right, like you know, like you you'll do a set. And you won't feel as like i don't feel as fatigued as if like, if I would have done the set with dumbbells, but after the workout, I feel like even more fatigued like I think they're like kind of like a, a weird thing like that definitely yeah uh, i w- when the when the lockdown started, I
0: switched to like my gym shut down, and uh I switched to just doing isometric stuff in my in my office, which is just like <laughs> i did, i had like a bed sheet and like a towel like doing literal prison exercise shit and like it was definitely a noticeable change but then we finally got the resistance bands that we ordered which if you were trying to order resistance bands back in march you were one of 10 million people on the face of the earth who was doing that so it took it a really long time to get here but when it did started using resistance bands man and I'd, i'd never used them before and you're right it is a it is a totally different vibe like it's a different kind of soreness and you, you hit all kind, you activate all kinds of shit that you didn't even know was there. And I, I feel like that has been one of the biggest changes for me, but I, I always get the delayed onset muscle fatigue shit. Like I'm, it's always the day after the day after for me. And it's been like that my entire life. It's kind of weird.
1: No, it's pretty normal, man. It means you're uh you're taxing your muscles appropriately. That's good. Is it really? See, uh, the, everybody,
0: every workout partner that I've ever had has told me that that shit was weird because they get sore the next day.
1: Now you're good, man. You're a superhuman. That's all that means.
0: I appreciate that. I feel good.
1: You should, man. Keto, cardio killer is killing it, man.
0: Right, brother. The thing Heck. with
1: the uh, resistance bands is like why you get sore and a uh, different kind of feel from them is they keep tension on the muscle throughout the entire range of motion. So, like, to use the bro example of a bicep curl, if you have a weight and you do a bicep curl, there's no tension at the top. Like, you can rest there for a long-ass time, but with a mm-hmm. fucking resistance band... Yeah, that's trying rip to snap your, your arm down. Apart, right? So you it's get the whole down. range of motion. So that's why uh, it's super effective. Yeah, they get uh, they get wrongfully overlooked by tough dudes trying to lift a bunch of weight, but do not, do not uh, sleep on the resistance band, no doubt.
2: They also have... Uh the advantage to them uh, in my experience with them is that a lot of the stuff to um, because like, so for example, like a chest press, because you're not like you, cause you can do the chest press standing up with the resistance bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the tension instead of the tension being uh, vertical. So instead of gravity pushing the barbell down or dumbbells down on you, you're standing up. So the tension is actually horizontal through your core. Like you know, you have to you have to tighten your core for every resistance band movement you do because anything you anchor it to and you move away, as soon as you step away from it and you create tension, it's trying to snap your ass right back to wherever it's anchored. So even if you're just doing uh, like even if you just anchor it to uh, the bottom of the door and stand away from it and do uh, curls that way, where you're pulling it up and towards you there's more tension at the top of it because it just wants to snap like it just wants to pull your face right into the door and you have to tighten your entire core to stop it from doing that so i mean it's almost like it's a full body workout no matter what muscle you're working
0: yeah i do. i definitely i like it i noticed a difference and i honestly i don't i don't really get like a i don't do like the social aspect of the gym very much i'm i'm I pretty much just do all that shit by myself and honestly I don't I don't know if I'm going back to the gym after all this is over. Like the gyms are open here again, but this is South Carolina, so it's not a very good idea to go there right now. Um
1: oh, you just but had some hurricane, didn't you? Is that a real thing or is that North Carolina?
0: We had like a tropical storm that came through, but it wasn't a It wasn't was a serious, it
1: wasn't a hurricane?
0: No, no. I got to drive through that motherfucker to DC last week. It was a
1: blast. Man, you've been doing that hard, man. You've been doing that DC trick. That's right, baby. Respect. Respect, brother. I'm enjoying it. Weather up there is so much better than it is down here.
2: Yeah, I think that that storm is up in Canada now. It's on our east coast, I think. It hit it hit it today. Yeah, you can keep it. Yeah, it's it's like dissipated though. It's like uh it's like a level one tropical storm. So okay. it's it's nothing out of the normal. It's pretty much a normal fall day in Newfoundland.
0: Now, where in Canada are you?
2: uh We're in Ottawa, so like right above New York state okay like New York's right an now? hour like like the border to New York state's an hour from where I am right now Not too Ro- Rochester's probably like three hours drive
1: that's cool. How is the current state of uh the world in Canada right now we haven't talked we haven't taught the political angle yet how's that going up there?
2: Uh, it's funny you should mention that our, uh, prime minister just gave a, we call it a speech from the throne. Okay. It's, uh, basically he got, I don't know if, what news you guys get about Canada, but he made some, uh, ethic violations a few months ago. And, uh, so he called a halt to parliament, basically retreat it so he could talk it over with like his... With his uh, ministers. And then they came back today and they uh, had this big speech about how, you know, uh, surprise, COVID-19 not going away anytime soon. <laughs> Uh-oh. And, really? Uh, they're, Uh-oh. You know, they're going to put a bunch of money into programs for it and the usual bullshit that politicians like to spew. Yeah. Uh, the thing about it, though, is that we have a minority government right now and the other two parties that they need to keep their government. So right now the liberals are in office. Uh, they 've both kind of already said we 're not backing you, so i 'm pretty sure you 'll see in the news there 'll be an election coming this fall in canada
1: i'm pretty you 'll see a shit ton of shit in the news about us, dude so
2: oh yeah uh, I, I know I see it every day every day it's, it's, that's we so. have more news about Donald Trump. In Canada, than we do about our own politics. It I'm is so, so, so sorry to
1: hear that, man. We are so sorry. i be, be so sorry. Yeah, man. It's it's not us. It's not us at all. We we, we wish it was different. But
2: keep. I know. I, I get a kick out of the guy. You. I just I just shake my head. Like I can't believe the guy has made any money or done anything with his life. That like he just like when he talks, it's just like a fucking like comedy show. Like, I that's I'm, the thing. at this
1: point, I kind of like think he's fucking funny, you know? I'm just like, damn, this dude. So it's just like funny. And then I realize he's the president. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. It's not yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, at this point,
0: man, like, it's just, I'm so fucking numb to it. And like, I realize that that's a privileged thing to be able to say, right? Like, mm. by and large, apart from the fucked up shit that you just sort of have to tolerate, like, peripherally my life has not changed that much uh and like i understand i understand that that's privilege that i have and i do my best to try and and use that responsibly but at the same time there's just no way that you can't be fucking exhausted by proxy just from having to listen to the constant bullshit the constant lying the constant backtracking the constant incompetence it's it's i just can't I'm too tired to do anything about it anymore, except fucking vote in November. You know what I mean? That's it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys get it like even worse than like I'm sh- like your news must just be like constantly like it's
0: fucking it's inescapable, man. Like that's the only thing that's happening, and it has been that way for four years. We don't get we don't usually get like super politically partisan on this podcast, but I don't mind saying that like even even outside of politics, right? regardless of what you're what you're which way you lean right or left or whatever you get tired of seeing the same fucking circus on tv all day long every day man same fucking shit on the internet all day long every day it's just constant constant bombardment and it's really weird to be able to like try and look back to a few years ago and be like was it like this when obama was in office like i want to ask my dad when you you know 12 years ago or whatever, when, you know, Bush was in office or whatever, however long ago, did it, was it constant? Were you just constantly besieged by fucking politics in this country? Or is that something that's sort of come with the rise of the internet and sort of the way that we are immersed in technology and, and immersed in social media these days?
2: It's probably yeah. both. I think it's, it's, it is the way like it, it's, it's social media as like everyone's plugged into it. 24 seven and like it's it's funny because we were talking uh, our news whenever the pandemic broke out we were, they were talking about the spanish flu and how that hit canada you know after the first world war and how soldiers brought had brought it back they didn't know they had it they brought it back and then there was an outbreak in alberta and then it spread across canada and they're talking about like because you know like there's people I saw, like, social media posts, people talking about, like, you know, no, no one had to wear masks for the, like, you know, this no one's ever had to wear masks before. No one's ever, like, I can only see three of my friends, like, they didn't name this is uh, unprecedented. It's like, no, they did that in the Spanish flu. They did social distancing in Canada, at least. They had people wearing cloth masks in, like, 19, like, whatever, 18, 19, 19, whenever the Spanish flu was. It's because you don't know that because... There's not someone ramming it down your throat 24 seven. It was literally in a newspaper that took a month, you know, like news from Alberta took a month or two to get to Newfoundland or to get to wherever it needed to go. Like there was no uh, instant uh, communication and there was no uh, ad revenue tacked on to any of these messages.
1: Also true. Huge point. It is, man. That's why I throw on
2: casket slime
1: and I live in my own world. I live in my own crypt. I don't pay attention to the news or the internet at all. I'm just constantly insulated by, uh, you know, Halloween decorations and death metal. And I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly. It is Halloween
0: and death metal time. I have to, I have to balance my, my self-care, right? I, I can only afford to be so unplugged from, from the things that are happening in the world, just like because of my job and stuff. But I fucking, at the same time especially this time of year like i find myself sort of retreating into my little death metal horror movie safe place and like getting ready to to gorge on
1: halloween candy and uh just enjoy the weather but you're always welcome here man you know this this is where this is this is that's the care yeah the crypt you know uh, it will happen or you can just listen to a lot of black sabbath which is a segue into our final question of the evening interesting As, how about that jonathan you know it what is your favorite black sabbath album
2: Of like out of all of them or are we going to break them up here into out like... of
1: all of them but we can <laughs> talk further later you know if you want to if you want to break it down uh probably master of reality okay fair enough fair enough yeah there's Excellent no argue. choice there's no argument there
2: that that's the one that's got the most that's influenced me. I think that one has their most uh, what you would like consider proto like thrash or like proto like what became doom metal riffs on it.
0: It's the Sabbathiest Sabbath album. Absolutely, no, yeah, no,
1: it, no one's here to argue that at all. I love it. It's cool. definitely.
2: I think it's the least experimental out of the Aussie ones because I mean, like, I really like. Uh, I really like sabotage, but like. Oh yeah, it's got a lot of like stuff on there that's like very like it's almost like if you listen back to it it's kind of like hippie-ish
0: yeah oh yeah <laughs> no doubt about it. with the uh, sabbath bloody sabbath it's it's and to an extent volume four like um saint vitus's dance and uh changes are just like super outside the what you would have expected i guess but then again you know looking back on that shit with the benefit of hindsight, I, I can only imagine what it was like to hear it at the time.
1: I mean, basically progressive metal was invented on those couple records.
0: Yeah. Well, so a second ago, you said, uh, when we asked you to pick your favorite Sabbath album, you was, you said you were going to break it down. Yeah. Let's um, break it down. Real. Yeah. Real quick. If you had to pick one, what's your, what's your favorite non Aussie
2: Sabbath record? Uh, That's a that's that's also a tough one, because I, I actually like all the ones that like they did with Dio. Um and I mean I also like like Dehumanizer is really good, but Dehumanizer fucking rips, man. And I'm also like uh Headless Cross is also a really good album with uh Johnny Martin. T- yeah, Tony Martin. Yeah, Tony Martin.
0: Tony the Cat Martin.
1: <laughs> we get into all this on the Sabbath Sunday solo casts uh, for those people out there that want to uh, listen to the Lifting Dead Armies podcast. And we we just talked about Dehumanizer. We were on that Tony Martin kick right now. They're going back and looking and listening to those albums and kind of reliving the whole discography is so cool, man, because they're all fucking great. Like yeah. all all Tony Martin, that whole era with Tony Martin is so overlooked. It's, it's something to enjoy everywhere. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's not rev- It's not like revolutionary. I don't think it's going to like blow your mind everywhere, but Headless Cross is, it's up there in, in the best without Aussie for sure. It's in the top. I agree. 100%. No doubt.
2: And I think too, whenever people look at Black Sabbath, because like, I don't know if you've ever seen like, a, I forget what company has it, but there's a company that has t-shirts that are like, you can only trust yourself in like the first six Sabbath albums. Yeah. And it's, like,
1: that's just
2: that, like, sentiment that's, like, Ozzy is Sabbath. It's, like, no, Tony Iommi is Black Sabbath, always really? will be Black Sabbath. He's the driving force behind that band. He's the riff master. And not to mention, it's, like, Tony Iommi's career didn't end just because Ozzy left the band. Like, he of course that. he's he gonna go going to go on. Dude. He kept it going. To write you know, more influential music. He, and uh, of course it's got to change with the times. Like what band other than like AC/DC that's been around for 50 some years hasn't changed with the times. I mean, like ACDC is like a phenomenon. Like I, those guys literally just write the same 10 songs every like five years and say, okay, Sony, I'm ready
0: <laughs> New ACDC and people eat it up.
2: Yeah. And I mean, like, acdc is like a great rock band i mean i'm not shit on acdc but like they really are when you want to talk about one trick pony there are don't,
0: i like, don't think the biggest acdc fan in the world would argue with you there yeah
2: no. yeah i mean it's like and i mean there there's there's death metal bands that do that same thing where they i call them like they do like the acdc shuffle like they they, they found a sound and, like, on the second or third album, and they've just been pumping them out every two years. Like, Amon or Moth is oh, a perfect yeah. example of that. Every album el- – like, I actually like Amon or Moth. They were actually one of the first death metal bands I got into in, like, 97. And uh, I think that, like, they found a formula that works around, like, the third or fourth album, and they've just been riding that high. And, I mean, I don't fault them for it. They 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 have a career. Yeah, they do. Like, they're, they're kind of stuck in that trap of – Put an album out, tour, take six months off, write a new album, record it, tour. Like that's kind of like the the career death metal trap. And uh, it's funny because Nick and I were actually talking about um, like a band like Cannibal Corpse. It's like those guys are a successful death metal band. But in terms of like ACDC or Judas Priest, those guys, when, when Rob Halford can't tour anymore, he probably has enough money that he can co- retire comfortably for the rest of his life. I don't know if cannibal corpse are like, you know, like there's going to be a point whenever they get like, they, they can't do it anymore. Like yeah. I don't think they're going to be 67 still touring and putting out albums, but it's like, what is the retirement plan for a death metal musician who does it full time? It- <laughs> start,
0: start a, start a, <laughs> a GoFundMe to support them in their geriatric uh, old age, and I will fucking give
1: money to that shit. They would be the ones to do it, can, Cannibal Corpse, if anybody. We take care of Cannibal Corpse. What is the heaviest band that has that has made it the longest in age? Is it Slayer?
0: I mean, I'd probably say Cannibal Corpse, man. Yeah, I guess so. They've been around like 30 years at this point.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, Heavier than Slayer. I mean, how much how much longer could they physically do it? You think? I think
0: they got another five years in them at least. It's five to ten? ten maybe max. ten, maybe ten.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know. It's you're right. I mean, it's kind of we're getting into uncharted territory with the wear and tear that this kind of music does on musicians' bodies because they're <laughs> they're reaching an age that is only just now possible because of the age of the genre itself. So yeah, it's yeah. probably not going to be fun to watch. And if you look at certain more prominent performers in the death metal community who maybe have new records coming out in October. It is quite clear that uh, that <laughs> shit takes a toll on you. I was so just going to say that. Chris Barnes.
2: I was just going to say like <laughs> M- metal blade need to write a clause into his next contract saying, okay, Chris, this is the last one. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I think sorry. That they, I don't that's think that's terrible. They ever that will, new, those new promos, those new singles. Like new I can't kids. believe the producer signed off on that.
0: That's and that that's what I said. Like imagine you've got Chris Barnes and Jack Owen in the studio together for the first time since the bleeding, and that man gives you this take, and you oh. pat him on the back and you say, Okay, let's move on to the
2: next one. Oh, yeah, like I think that. it must be because like I, I can only imagine it's just because it's it's kinda seen as like six feet under is his band, so he's like the boss. So yeah, maybe like they he's just
0: at this point he's surrounded himself with people who aren't going to say no to him or challenge him about anything and that's unfortunate because i i am a, a big 6 feet under fan and i'm a long time 6 feet under fan and i like 6 feet under past fucking maximum violence which is where a lot of people seem to drop off
2: yeah yeah but, i'm a fan too so
0: but like he it's 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 over man it either either it's over or it's brilliant
1: yeah hear me out in 10 years, it won't be brilliant right now. Hear me
0: out. What's death metal supposed to do?
1: Make you uncomfortable? It's
2: supposed to push, my opinion, it's supposed to push borders. You don't want to do the same thing over and over.
0: I agree with both those things, right? I think that what Chris Barnes's <laughs> vocals are doing right now is taking us to a new place that is so hideous and that is so uncomfortable that it's almost a rebirth of what death metal should be, but not in an enjoyable way. It's some of the most terrible shit I've ever heard in my life. And what's sad about that is that the riffs are there. That second song, Zodiac, not so much, but that first one, that Amputator song, that's fucking good. Like the music is good there. But Barnes, it's not just that his voice is shot, right? It's also that like, he can't keep on time anymore. He can't, he can't keep up with the fucking beat. Like he's all over the place. It's I a noticed mess that. Video.
2: Yeah. That, that fast you? song, the yeah. amputator song. If you, if you watch the lyric video for it, it's and, off. Oh, he like some of the words, he doesn't even say them. He skips a couple of the words. Cause he, he's like, they're at the end of the riff. He's like, <sighs> it's
0: like, yeah, he's, like, he's exhaling. He's, instead he's running of saying out of words. steam. But like, that's. We are witnessing another Lulu right now. We're witnessing oh like wow. <laughs> another Saint Anger. We're witnessing a fucking Illudinum Insanus, except, except worse than any of those things because all of them had something interesting about them, right? Even if they weren't good, there was something about like the intentionality of Saint Anger. That is a fucking disgusting, ugly record. That's supposed to be a disgusting, ugly record. and okay. um, Insanus, not a good record but definitely trying something weird, right? Six Feet Under record, I feel like it's taken us someplace that we haven't gone yet because not only are we grossed out, but we also feel pity. And that to me is interesting. Like, I feel bad for the guy.
2: I wonder if they like, like if, if you took the music part of, of the new Six Feet Under and just like yeah. re-recorded it in like a demo version, like just record it lo-fi, like just give it to me and Nick. We'll, we'll record it in our storage locker with a single room mic, and then we'll put Barnes's vocals over it. I bet you they'll fit,
1: because it Much honestly it sounds organic, like they, like
2: like it sounds like his vocals were pulled from like a rehearsal tape from like '92. It, it yeah, it doesn't even sound it doesn't even <laughs> sound mixed. No, it like it sounds like it like he it almost sounds like it's one of the like he he did a demo recording and sent it to Jack, and then Jack wrote the riff and then Jack went to the studio and Chris was like oh, I'm high man I can't make it. Just use the demo that I say. you. <laughs> that might be what happened.
1: Who knows? We'll find out. I'm sure. I love Jack Owen, though, man. My hopes were high. That's what disappoints me, you know. Uh, the the
0: riffs, the riffs. I think we there's still hope for the rest of the record, man. But you know, it just depends on what you want to get out of it. If you want to be like really uncomfortable, and you want to, it's almost like that feeling that you get when you're like at Applebee's. Okay and there's somebody doing karaoke and they're fucking smashed, right? Yep. And you don't know them, you don't have anything to lose, right? But your face still starts to turn red anyway because you're embarrassed for them. Yeah.
1: It's that pathetic. That's definitely. I'm going to listen to it. I'm I I I haven't listened to it, the this song Look, that we're talking I've- about.
0: I pre-ordered the fucking box set version.
1: I know so, you did. you yeah. even am I
0: am I a study in contradiction or am I not? I'm telling you, there's going to be something interesting about the six feet under record that we're 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 going to have to come to terms with. Uh, we're going to have to ask ourselves what death metal is supposed to be doing
1: right now. We should just do a track by track breakdown on, as an episode, just me and you. We're just gonna I'm down. We get it on. Yeah, see if we can get Chris Barnes.
0: I seriously doubt that.
1: You, yeah, will be he'll be so high that it won't even, won't, won't well,
0: John, be. man, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. You know, we're big fans of casket slime. We're definitely looking Always. forward to checking out your other work and uh, we wish you the best, man. Thank you.
2: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me.
1: Dude, stoked to finally get to talk to you, dude. It was a pleasure. Thanks for doing this and you're welcome back anytime, man. Keep in touch. Sure.
2: Awesome. Thanks. All right, boys. Catch
1: up with you later, man. Have a good one. Yeah, you pleasure. Too nice what a good dude always that's how we do it bro that is how we do it we always look out with the good
0: dudes i'm definitely gonna check out i didn't know that nick was also in uh purveyors of sonic doom so i'm gonna have to check that out too i didn't get around to it today i did check out um the other one and it's tight i like i like me a little bit of thrash every now and then i like a little deathier thrash but i can get into it i'm gonna check out the other one now too though
1: yeah, definitely. We'll talk about it, man. Most definitely.
0: Um, Good to see you, my
1: dude. I hope, I, I hope we can start doing these more frequently. It's just been a, it's been a guest thing. That's all. I've been, we've both been ready. It's just been a guest thing. It is, and life happens, but I know that you'll keep on doing the,
0: the Lifting Dead Army and soldiering on with the solo cast, and when we can get them in, we will, man. Absolutely, brother. All, all right, my us. dude. Take care of yourself, Thank and we'll you, talk you,
1: soon. You too, man. Be safe. Peace out. Peace.